Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to White Wine Question Time, something from the cellar. Our new midweek drop that hears us uncork some of the best moments from some of our very best celebrity guests over the last four years. Think of it, if you will, as a vintage tasting menu with small but delicious sips from over 200 guests carefully selected just for you. And this week, we're celebrating the return of one of the most iconic reality TV shows of all time. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. And in honour of this iconic TV stalwart, I'm raising a glass to some of my favourite guests who ventured into the jungle over the years. From hilarious mishaps to heartwarming moments of genuine personal growth, these stories are sure to make you laugh, they may even make you cry, and then everything in between. And first up, we've got the hugely lovable Scarlett Moffat. She started out as an unknown alongside her family on the sofa on Gogglebox and shares with us the tremendous amount of criticism she faced online and the devastating effects of online trolling and bullying after she was crowned Queen of the Jungle. Take a listen. The level of criticism that you were subjected to yeah, was 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 awful, Scarlett, and I I feel I felt very maternal towards you. Uh, certainly, oh, when I read your piece you. in Grazia, where you explained the toll it had taken. I mean, people need to understand. I hate the term keyboard warrior because a warrior is somebody you associate with being brave and courageous, yeah. and they are the antithesis of that. They are cowardly yeah. assholes. Um, they really are. They really are. Let's just call them for what they are: cowardly assholes. Yeah. And I even hear the word pals because I think it makes it sound like a mythical creature. And at the end of the day, they're just bullies. They're bullies. Exactly right. Yeah. Right. I would never go online and and pa- post a comment that is is cruel or, or knowingly unkind. It just would not occur to me um, at all. So I, I find, you know, and I've been, listen, I've had my fair share of it over the years. Yeah. Um, and you do, I found myself for many years saying, well, you just have to develop a thick skin and sort of, accepting it yeah and then, I, and then I thought what are you saying woman no no you do not develop a thick skin you develop the ability to talk back and put those little shits in their place which is yeah t- honestly 
I'm so pleased you said that because a lot of the time, like, if I do have a rant, you still get people saying, well, you know, you signed up for this, you, you, you do TV. And it's like, well, if any other job, I was getting this much here, like, the people would get stuck. Can you imagine if I worked in an office and, like, my employees, like, were just emailing me, like, oh, yeah, you're a fat mess, like, you shouldn't have the job that you have, like, what have you done to deserve this? Like, something could be done about it, but for some reason, because my job's being in the public eye and, and presenting on TV, that almost allows a free pass for people to sort of have an opinion on how I look. I think people need to understand that there is a human consequence and and maybe the, the sad and tragic passing of Caroline Flack caused yeah. a moment of pause for thought. Yeah. I, I, but I, 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 really I really hope, hope that, that that still prevails. Uh, when we come out of, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the, the huge distraction of, of, of the coronavirus. I, re- I really do hope that people are just a little bit kinder. And actually, I I still now um, message Caroline on her Instagram. I know some people might be like, why did you do that? But I still just message her, like, just like love hearts or, and things like that. And like, she's still always in my thoughts because it's just, it's just so sad and also angering that 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 happens so you message her because that helps you to feel close to her and to yeah yeah. and I just hope people are just kind of like I think you know you know the whole like don't break my bones but names will never hurt me like they do that's the thing they do when you you say on and like I still now like I'm not 100% sort of like oh yeah it doesn't bother me there's still some things that I read and I think oh that hurts. Like, I remember, um, and I think I did mention it in the Grazia article, that I was getting loads of sticks from my nose. People were like, oh, she's um, rhinoplasty surgeon, say she's gone too far. Like, this is the nose I was born with. <laughs> I'm like, this is actually my nose. And I was then posting photos of myself when I was younger. So then I was like, why am I doing it? Who am I trying to prove myself to? Like, even if I had what does it matter? Because it's my body. Like, it shouldn't bother people that much. Yeah. Start I, I had somebody grief. recently just go, um, oh, my God, what have you done to your face? Like, and I'm like, nothing. It's just my face. You're like, this is my face. Why are you? <laughs> I've got makeup on and everything. I'm really tried. But, hey, what happened to your levels of humanity, you cruel fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. Sometimes it takes your breath away how cruel people yeah. can be. And it does, it does hurt. Words do hurt, Scarlett. You're quite right to say that. And I think for so long we were encouraged to brush it off and be stoic. And yeah. And our mental health only suffers to an even greater an even greater extent as a result of that. So why should we? I mean, I'm I'm just I've got your Grazia piece in front of me and it's in in the magazine. And I do encourage people to go and read it at graziadaily.co.uk. You're holding oh, up you. all of the words that were uh, leveled at you. So ugly, yeah. distressing, goofy, whale, joke. Yeah, I get that one a lot. Plastic. I mean, what is wrong with people? Yeah, I just don't understand. I just don't understand why people would think that just because I'm on the TV that doesn't hurt. And I know it's not just people in the public eye. Like, I know that this is just across the board for a lot of people. And it's just, it is just endless. And I'm hoping that, you know, people are having a lot of time now 
to sit at home and reflect. And I hope that they use that time to just become better people and and realize that like we're all just human. Like we just all have to stick together and get and get through it. So yeah, hopefully people just. I mean, yeah. what, what people need to understand is is where that drove you. I mean, you were on the phone on on numerous occasions to the Samaritans to try to yeah. get some help and support through this. You stopped discussing it with your family because you didn't want to worry them. So actually, yeah, but they would just cry like it's awful. Like yeah. my mum would like read comments and just cry and like ring me and like, are you okay? And like that was harder to be honest. It was harder to hear when my mum upset and stuff and. And my mum would be like, I'm going to comment back. And I'm like, no, don't, don't comment back. That's what she wants. So, yeah, I did used to ring the Samaritans. I'd give, like, a fake name and I'd just sort of chat for 15 minutes. And it would re- it actually really, really helped. And another thing that I do, which sometimes my mum's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. But I message the people that trolled me. And I also give them the number for the Samaritans. Or I'll say, like, are you okay? Because I just think I've never been in a place where I've been that sad that I feel like I have to put other people down to make myself feel better. So then I, I think, God, how must they be feeling to have so much hatred towards someone they've never met and feel like they have to voice that? So by messaging them, and actually 99% of the time, they always apologise and are like, oh, you know, I just wanted a reaction or they, they, they say themselves that they've had a crap day. And I'm like, well, this isn't the way to relieve that stress. Like, it's like find a hobby or like he's the number for the Samaritans or speak to your family and friends because that's the only way that these people are going to stop, I think, by actually admitting that they've got a, a problem. They're not fully happy with themselves. So they need to make the change in themselves rather than looking at different ways that everybody else can change to suit them. You are a remarkable and beautiful person for taking that route do you know what let's put a little lump in my throat Scarlett because you're quite right you You know what once you remove your own personal hurt and you stand back you go god are you okay you sound like a really Mm -hmm. unhappy person and when I'm unhappy I call the Samaritans so why don't you try that that might help you that makes you 10 feet tall next to 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 anybody that does that to you and I, I applaud you for that what what a kind reaction to a to a to an act of, of, of genuine unkindness. Oh, thank you. Ah, the wonderful Scarlett Moffat, leading by example there. When they go low, Scarlett goes high. Don't forget you can listen to that full episode. It's in our back catalogue where Charlotte shares not only her jungle adventures, but also the time she went to live with a Himba tribe in a replica of her childhood home with her mum and dad. Yes, you heard that right. Up next is a guest who's got plenty to say. He's a man who's had a moment, an epiphany, an understanding of who he truly is. He gained fame in the 80s as the frontman for the Happy Mondays and featured on I'm a Celebrity in 2010. And he's about to go back into the jungle again. During our conversation, the legendary Sean Ryder shared his experiences of working on Channel 4's Stand Up and Deliver, where he tried to master being a stand-up comedian and opened up about his learning difficulties and disabilities including a recent ADHD diagnosis that really has helped him to understand who he is. It only happened in 2020 when he found out that he had ADHD after realising that four of his six children also had the condition. Thank 
Uh, listen, I'm listen. Channel Four have been keeping you very busy of late, not only with Gogglebox, but you've just done Stand Up and Deliver. When that yeah. when that phone call came through, what was your first honest reaction? Tell me exactly what you said. Uh, yeah, I'll do this one because it looks like something I could probably do. You know, what I mean, <laughs> and and well, I mean, look. I said it a load of times, I'm ADHD with a load of other conditions thrown in, you know, learning difficulties and disabilities. So, uh, you know, and I forget, you know, I mean, learning, uh, from being a kid, learning's all about remembering. And, you know, I don't remember. I haven't done since I was a four-year-old, you know. I, I was 28 before I learned the alphabet. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was part of my condition. And, uh, yeah. So that's not Sean. How old are you when you were? So you were talking about the fact you've been diagnosed as having ADHD, attention deficit disorder. Yeah, and you were. Tw how old were you when you were diagnosed with that? Uh, last year, twenty twenty. The thing is, I've got I've got six, six kids, and four of them have got it, and it's only in their adult life two of them that you know they discovered the idea, and then my daughter who's. 12, when we were sort of, things was, you know, sort of uh, going a bit ski with, uh, and we had to start looking into it and everything else, and that's when I found out, well, it's got to come from somewhere, and it's all come from me. So, you know, and, and it explains a lot, really, how, you know, my life's been chaotic, so uh, it explained a lot to me, and I didn't want, you know, my youngest started going through what I had to go through, so you know we're we're on it big time now. But you know what? Believe it or not, there's still there's still being ignorance about it. Really yeah. is, you know. I mean, in the nineteen sixties and seventies, you could understand it, but uh, you know now, I mean, I sent you know my girls to private school because I thought you know to get more out with the ADHD. And uh, it didn't work out like that. You know, there's actually more help in the normal schools. In the state system, yeah, because private schools aren't obliged to provide Senko teachers and Senko uh -huh. support, are they? And yeah. it is, I mean, it makes learning so difficult. To... Learning is impossible. I was told that, it, you know, it was a miracle that I ever learned to read and write. You know, I'm, I got educated in the 60s, and at the same time, I went to Catholic school, and it was ambidextrous, so I was left-handed. And every time I picked up a pencil or a crane or whatever with the left hand, I was whacked and made to do it with me right. So I wrote round in circles. And also, with the ADHD, your, your temper and your emotions, then, you know, I, I, I sort of got psychopathic behaviour syndrome or whatever that is. And, uh, yeah, so he was branded an absolute lunatic and, you know, and, and bad behaviour and all that lot. So I never got on with school. Yeah, you'd think back, Sean, you know, if, if it wasn't, you know, you that was your experience. But even sitting in a classroom full of 30 other kids, there was always somebody in the class that got tagged that. And you look back now and you think, were they dyslexic? Were they ADHD? You know, you, you just don't, we didn't have any kind of sympathy or empathy or understanding of a learning challenge like that, a learning difficulty. Yeah, I mean, when I think back now, I, we had four sets at our school, and I was in set four, which was basically crowd control. You was put in set four because you you know he was a naughty kid and you know you didn't do any work and it was really was crowd control and every kid in that class now I think back and I know how a lot of them have turned out and a lot of them are dead 
uh, every kid in that class had some sort of, you know, whether it was autistic or ADD, ADHD, you know, APD, you know, these, all of them. <laughs> all of them had some sort of mad condition, but we were just all naughty kids, uncontrollable. When you got that diagnosis a year ago, did, did was it like a, a eureka moment for you where you were suddenly went, oh, everything makes sense now? Yeah, yeah, I mean, because of the process we'd gone through with one of the girls, I was aware a couple of years before that, but it was only last year when I was diagnosed. But, yeah, yeah, it was an absolute eureka moment because it explained everything, you know. It explained, you know, uh, why, I, you know, why I lived a chaotic life, you know, why I, I couldn't learn. You know, your brain's not wired up the same. The messages don't shoot across. I had trouble, yeah. you know, understanding what people were saying. You know, because there's other sorts of conditions with it, you know, and I seem to have got the jackpot and got uh, a lot, you know, controlling your temper and your emotions and everything else. It's a lot. No, it's like, yeah, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it was great, actually. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to this jungle edition of Something from the Cellar. And to finish us off, let's hear from the former Queen of the Jungle, a podcaster and presenter, and Geordie Shora. Vicky Patterson came on the show alongside her best mate Gav, a DJ who she'd met on a disastrous job. She'd been booked to perform a PA as one of the big stars of Geordie Shore at a club called Oceana, where Gav was booked to DJ. No one turned up. So he played his set to an entirely empty dance floor and really turned her head when he dropped the anthemic Lion King tune that they still talk about to this day. And then they went out and got smashed together. From very auspicious beginnings, many a hangover has been shared, but a genuine friendship has blossomed. Well, I think it's, it's the same as what Vicky said. When we met, I was playing Lion King in an empty Oceana and Vicky was doing a PA in an empty Oceana. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> and then um, I've always messed around with music but always done other things on the side and then as Vicky's career grew and stuff, like she did 
bigger and better things and it kind of inspires you to try and do bigger and better things. So she inspires you then? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think she inspires everyone around her. So that's part of the... <laughs> oh, Gavin. But yeah, that's what I think that's... So it's the timing. So we, she was at the start of her journey and I was at the end of mine but needed to start a new one. And I think seeing what she's done and obviously it does things... Uh, when she's going for I'm a Celebrity, they kept saying that they never even have someone from Geordie Shore on there, let alone to go on there and win it. So like that was like a huge thing. Like it oh, was wow. that. I think that was your golden moment. That was people a went, point. I don't care what she's done. I just really like this girl. A watershed. I think it. I think it did. Um, for me, I was obviously unaware of everything that was going on outside. Like you're in this bubble, and all you're focusing on is like smashing the trails, having a bit of banter with Ant and Dick, and like getting on with everyone in camp, and like making sure you don't look like a fanny. Like that was my only goals when I was in there. I didn't know what everyone else was seeing. I knew that people did not want me in there. I knew that. I knew that before were the I went people in. That didn't want you in there. So I remember I'd f- I'd like been desperate to even just see the producers for years, and they just refused to see really? me. Yeah, refused. And then like they sort of opened their minds the year I went in, and they met a couple of us. I think um, I actually think they met Gaz as well. Um, and <clears throat> I remember sitting there with them, and they went through all the motions with us, and they were dead canny, and they asked us all the right questions. Are you open to a jungle romance? And what are you scared of? And this, that, and the other. And I just remember thinking, like, this is absolutely a pivotal moment in your career, and if you don't smash this, you'll never forgive yourself. So right at the end, they went, is there anything else you want to ask us? And I just said, I don't want to ask you anything. I just want to tell you, I'll be fucking good at this. <laughs> and they were so taken aback. They were like... Who is this girl? Like we didn't want to see her. She's pushed her way in. She's now sitting here with me, probably the cockiest thing anyone's ever said to us. And I just was like, I'm telling you, I'll be good at it. <laughs> and I just left and I remember leaving. And I know that when I went in, everyone was like, get this girl out. Like Twitter, all the social media channels was just like, she's going to ruin it. Reality TV scum. This isn't what the jungle's about. And within 24 hours, I was the favourite to win. And I stayed that way. I bet I know when she was still not the favourite. Did you? Big, big win for me, yeah. Yes, did she? How much did you get, Gav? I can't remember. It was quite a lot. I went in, uh, like, because you went in late as well, didn't you? So yeah. it was good odds. <laughs> good odds. It was good when odds. everyone still thought I was a knob. Yeah, yeah. I got a knob rate. That's a good rate. <laughs> good knob odds. <laughs> knob rate, always the best. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you did that. Thank you. Because I think it has been the making of you. It's allowed me to show Great Britain and the, the public and, and me, myself, who I really am. That's what I got from it, is I thought you are, you were so defined by how you were reported yeah. that you had to remember who you were again. And actually, when you take away all that noise, that white noise of headlines, social media and everything else, yeah. and you're just with people and you judge yourself yeah. by their responses to you, you start to figure out who you are again. I think if you, if you tell... I mean, I totally agree with that, Kate. If you tell someone over and over and over again, you are a scumbag, you are a monster. You start to believe it. Like, you will never be successful. This is where you are. Stay in your lane. If you repeat those affirmations to someone, then and if someone hears them enough, that is truly what they're going to believe. I believed I didn't deserve anything. I believed I was destined for nothing. I believed I was the monster that people wrote about in the paper. And being given the chance to change people's perception of me, to show the real me, and also for me to truly turn a corner and realise I wasn't any of those things and have a bit of self-worth again. The jungle changed my life and I'll be eternally grateful for that opportunity. 
And there we have it. Thank you so much for joining me for something from the cellar, our jungle special today. And don't forget, you can join me again on Friday when I'll be back with a brand new guest. It's a former king of the jungle and an England cricket legend turned TV commentator. Phil Tufnell is going to be popping his court with me. And he's actually just come back from the same jungle reunion where Sean Ryder resided. He's got so much to tell us about with all of that, including how every single one of Sean's stories in the jungle starts with this. I was smoking crack in a hut. Yeah, you got that to look forward to. And if you've missed any of our previous episodes, you can find them in the back catalogue by searching for the guest name in our search bar. This week, we featured Sean Ryder, Scarlett Moffat and Vicky Patterson. I'll see you Friday. Thanks for listening. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.